Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, joined by our guest and co-host in one, Aaron Keller. Aaron, welcome. <laughs> Do we welcome you? <laughs> welcome to my own office. Yeah, exactly. We're recording in Aaron's office once again. Um, and Aaron, as many of you, as many of you probably know, if you've been listening, is our outdoor education coordinator statewide gosh you have a long title (laughs) (laughs) um and part of your position and your job duties is overseeing our grants and a big grant that comes around each year this time of year is our shooting range grant program so things are busy right yeah it's a busy time of year we um we are funded through the Pittman robertson and dingle johnson um, grants, federal grants. And then one part of the, uh, hunter education grant that we do is, is the shooting range grant application, which lets us put money back into communities and shooting ranges throughout the state. And it's a very cool program that we have. And, but it does take a lot of work. It's a lot of planning that goes into it each year. And, uh, yeah, it definitely makes the days go by fast. Your door is always shut this time of year. <laughs> right. Yeah, I have a big sticky note that just says grants. So um, reviewing grants, uh, basically vetting where the projects are. We're looking at, them, at projects on maps through GIS. We're seeing how much uh, the value of the project is to the community. And uh, yeah, it's just a, it's an important time of year to kind of buckle down and and look at what is coming in for the department as far as applications and, you know, where we're going to put our funding next fiscal year. And um, the grants always open this time of year. So applications, we take applications. They're on our website until when? Yeah. So we post the um, application on uh, January 1st of each year. And that way uh, it's in the winter. Um, you know, it's kind of after the holidays Um, but for us, it gives us a little bit of time. Our grant applications to the federal government need to be put in, in March. And so we need to get our applications in and done by then. And so we usually open it up for a couple months and, uh, we're talking to towns and cities and counties, uh, in Nevada and, uh, trying to plan what we're going to do this year. And what I always like about this podcast, we do it every year and I'm still, fully trying to grasp the whole program, um, even though we've done this podcast multiple times because it is such an important program. Um, but it's so important because of shooting. It's putting money into improving shooting ranges, which before working here at Endow, I didn't really understand why that was a big deal. Yeah. But and it is huge. Uh, there's people at, at the Department of Wildlife that don't know that we actually have this program. So it's a very good program and it's a way for the department to give money back to recreational shooters. So if you're just a person that wants to go shoot a shotgun, shoot archery, or shoot a rifle or muzzleloader at foam or uh, paper target, 
um, and you're never going to go hunting, that's fine. Um, there's still an excise tax on those guns and ammo that fund positions uh, in the Department of Wildlife. And so the program, the Shooting Range Grant Program, is a way for us to give back to that kind of segment of the population. Exactly. And some people might think shooting range, hunter go hand in hand, but it's really for anyone who has firearms for whatever reason, whether it's um, uh, for safety or for people who just like to shoot. Yeah. Shooting guns <laughs> is fun. Yeah. yeah exactly. that's, that's what we what say. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but if you are a hunter, you can definitely take advantage of the ranges as well. Um, there's people every um, summer moving into the fall that are siding in their rifles for hunting. So, and yeah, we're all different. about hunter safety. What a better place to yep. go and learn and just better your skills. Yeah. There's a, you know, a segment of the population that wants to go to a safe range. We have uh, our ranges across our state are so different. We have everything from unmanned, um, smaller kind of primitive ranges to, full-on shooting range complex like the Clark County range that we have down in Southern Nevada. And that's millions and millions of dollars into this one facility. Um, Range safety officers are on staff. Um, You can get a golf cart. There's a, it's huge. And then we also have uh, rural Nevada um, ranges that are just basically just a sight in your rifle, um, doing some long range shooting, things like that. Uh, just to keep it safe. Yeah. And what this grant does is it, I mean, you've built whole ranges off it, right? Or yep. you can make improvements, like a lot of um, accessibility type improvements. Yeah. It could be anything. Exactly. Yeah. We have um, a wide range of, of projects going now um, and wide range of projects that we've completed. And it's anything from shade structures, um, like you said, accessibility. We've done some really cool um, handicap accessible shooting range, um, projects in recent years, which are, um, it can be anything from parking. Uh, so if you're in a van and you need specific parking, um, you could get out, use your walker wheelchair and access the shooting range. Um, we've done some really cool range, um, lane, projects in Winnemucca where we connected the ADA parking to the shooting range itself in that there's ADA archery and rifle ranges now. So you could get out in your wheelchair, go set up your target. Um, so it's basically a big wide sidewalk that goes all the way down to the target line. And that's both for archery and rifle. And then you could come back to the shooting bench and their wheelchair accessible shooting benches. You could shoot, and then go pull your arrows, your your targets, or whatever you want. And that's what I like about this program is it's the sm- sometimes, I mean, accessibility is huge, but sometimes it could be something small you don't really think about. Um, like just having an area for a bus to pull out so someone can easily get out or kit, uh, classes students can easily get out. Um, this program goes to all those little things. So if you're sitting at a shooting range or using a shooting range and you notice something that could be improved, that's what this is for. Definitely. And we're, and we're users of the shooting ranges. So we're constantly going around the state and using them for our classes and clinics. And so we're reaching out to those ranges and saying like, Hey, we, we think that you need to put in an application for whatever it is. And 
so we're we're in uh, conversations with the local ranges. Um, our coordinators are always using the different ranges, and it could be like you said, anything small um, to like putting in shade structures. Uh, nobody wants to be baking in the sun in the summer, um, trying to concentrate, and uh, just makes it a little bit more enjoyable. And then um, you know the could be anything from parking lots, like you said, to turn a bus around. One really interesting, uh, not glamorous, but um, forward-thinking project we have this year is at the um, archery Washoe County Regional Archery Facility. We're putting in a parking lot, but it's also uh, bus accessible. So school buses down the road can access the archery range. We can bring in um, field trips for archery-specific type field trips, which is going to be pretty cool. Uh, and I wish we had that when I was a, when I was a kid. Exactly. I know. And that's another point, um, rifles and archery. And we've been talking about heavily through February, promoting our NAS program and, um, what am what an awesome sport for kids to get involved in. You could be any shape, size, physical ability and do good at archery. And this gives people a place to go and practice archery or, rifles so lots of options at these places yep for sure um nasp has been a huge success in nevada um it grows every year and um, like you said there's all different types of shooters out there and and for us to be able to provide a little bit of opportunity for them to to continue on in the sport of archery is great um the regional archery facility um, just north of reno is is going to be uh an attraction for the area uh by the time we're done and um, some of that, like, I guess that kind of jots another point that I wanted to make is some of this is planning as far as we plan years in advance for these projects to go through because some of them take permitting and um, processes through the government and not just us as the state, but through the local government. And um, that can take time. It can take month sometimes or it could take a year and so we want to plan ahead and so building a master plan for shooting ranges is really important and then we could chip away at that project and take little chunks of it off each year as we have funding exactly so for people who are um out at a shooting range and they're maybe they notice something like you said a shade structure or this or this shooting range needs bathroom facilities, whatever it is, what should they do? So they can get a hold of us. They can contact me personally um, at uh, 775-688-1555, or they can email me at akeller at And we can discuss kind of the project. We um, Safety is a big issue. Um, it's And it's like one of the top priorities as far as when we look at a range project, right? We don't we're not, we don't go straight for the lipstick part of the project before it's safe. Um, so you'll see different projects that come across my desk that are just safety related, whether that's bringing berms to minimum standards, to, um, shooting lines, to, um, what the, the backstops look like, um, whether they're gravel or, um, if there's rock showing and they're just dilapidated old, berms or and then we'll bring them up and we'll use screen granite sand we'll um, use the the best available um, materials that are local to there and uh, just try and make it a little bit better 
And so anybody that's listening that wants to get involved, just let your local government know. They can reach out to me. Like I said, we typically partner with the city, the town, the county, um, because it relieves a little bit of the burden as far as, I don't want to say that's necessarily a burden, but the, the paperwork side of it. If, if you're working with the local government, they can work with us and we can have our fiscal staff talk to their fiscal staff and the kind of speak the, the language that they need to make sure that we can uh, reimburse them um, seamlessly. Exactly. It's more, it takes the responsibility of the individual and yeah. puts it on, um, has an official city or county or Yeah, because if agency. you think about the range, the range isn't going anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. If it's the, um, the county range or the city range or the um, whatever it is, that's not going anywhere. And that town is also not going anywhere. If we work with an individual or a club, people change jobs, they move, families, you know, grow and things come up. And, and so if we can keep the partnership going with the city or the county, that project can keep moving forward and being better and better and better. And, um, there's a lot of little things that come up with, with a shooting range that, that people don't think about. Exactly. Well, I want to get more into this and hear more details of all the ongoing projects we have going on, but we'll do that right after this quick break. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we are talking with our co-host, Aaron Keller, who's also filling in as guest because we're talking about a very important program here at Endow our shooting range grants program, um, and we're currently accepting applications. So Aaron, before the break, we were explaining, giving an overview of the program, but let's get into some of the details of some of the projects that you're actually working on. Yeah, I'm definitely um, feeling like a guest today. Like I've talked (laughs) the whole first half of the the podcast and um, trying to think back to what I've already mentioned. So I'm I'm feeling the guest vibe today. Not the host vibe. Not the host vibe, <laughs> yeah. yeah <so laughs> I know. Well, you're one of our, um, we always say we like the guests who come on and talk. And I feel like when you talk shooting ranges, you are a chatty Kathy. Yeah, it's so. definitely uh, in my wheelhouse, uh, this topic. And um, it's a fun project each year, uh, a fun thing for me to work on. And um Cause it's so different. It's so different in that the projects are cool. The people that I work with are great, um, throughout the state, uh, very passionate about, um, shooting range in their community and, uh, making it better. Yeah. Cause you're working with people. And as you said, in the first half, it's usually, um, cities, counties, government agencies who have come together and decided something needs improvements, but either way you're working with a group that wants to make a difference in a community. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also the volunteer aspect of it, which um, I, I want to touch on, which is each grant is, has an in-kind match component. So the department of wildlife doesn't fund the, um, the application 100%. There's an in-kind match. So the 
uh, grantee has to come up with, if it's a new opportunity, they're only required to come up with 10% of the grant. And then we fund 90%. If it's um, maintenance or um, not necessarily a new opportunity, then they have to come up with 25% of the grant and we come up with 75%. Now that 25% or the 10% in-kind match can be a bunch of different ways. It can be um, cash, which makes it the easiest. Um, if they can have a, you know, a quality of life fund or like a city or county fund that they can draw from. Um, or they can do volunteer in kind match, which is time and mileage of volunteer projects that have to, that are in that kind of application objectives, I guess. Um, so it could be equipment. It could be, there's a bunch of different things they can use for in kind match. Okay. So volunteers, cause volunteer is a part of that. Um, volunteers play a huge role in this I bet in a lot of cases because it seems like that might be one of the better ways to make that match it's usually the best way to get buy-in from local shooters so you can have a um, you can have a project that say it's uh, spreading gravel in a parking lot right to reduce erosion or um, it could be pulling weeds it could be a bunch of different things that have to go to make the project better, but then it also gives them a sense of ownership and it some buy-in to the range. And we see that a lot with ranges that um, haven't had funding in recent years. So maybe, you know, 20 years ago, there was a big project to get a range going and then there's been no funding put into the range. As we start to, these projects start to roll, it's almost like a snowball effect in that the first year it's a little better then it, people start to buy in. There's volunteers that show up. It gets a little better. The projects get a little bigger usually, um, a little more creative, and uh, and then it kind of gets better and better and better from there. Exactly, which goes back to you saying you work with a lot of passionate people on these projects. Yeah, because... I get to meet the, the most passionate shooters <laughs> yeah. and hunters from around the state um, through the podcast and through the, the shooting range program. So, yeah, it's pretty pretty awesome for me. That also just brought up another question. You said, um, well, talking about that match they have to make. So how long do they have for that? Yeah, great question. So grants are typically one year. Um, and so they have 12 months to get the project done. There are for new shooting ranges or new grant or new shooting opportunities. Um, we can go out to five years now. Um, so they could have five years and that that's basically to um, to allow time for that planning and permitting process to kind of go through because that's chews up a bunch of time, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, but if it's a smaller project, so our projects don't have a minimum and they don't necessarily have a maximum um, budget, but there's only so much money each year. So the funding source is is a certain amount that we set aside each year. Um, so as we get grants in, we'll get grants that are small and those could be, um, you know, five to $10,000. Then we'll also get in range grants that are a half a million dollars. And so it's our job or my job to go to figure out which ones we need to fund this year, which ones we can maybe chip away at and work at next year or the year after that. And so it's, it's, uh, it's a balance 
where you want to put funding into. I, um, I was telling you before we were recording that I, I wish I could fund all the ranges every year. Then we just had an infinite amount of money and make them all perfect and safe. And they're all great, you know, gems around the state, but that's just not the case. Yeah. And that's why it is such this ongoing thing. And that also speaks to if you put in an application, we just don't have the funding to cover that project this year. That doesn't mean that we won't in years to come. So correct. Yep. So we, we've taken in applications and, and funded them the second year. And, uh, like I said, every, every application is different. And as if we work through the process of, of the application, um, we want to stick to our priorities, which the first priority is safety. And then, um, we also look at hunter education needs in the community, um, because hunter education is the state mandated program that the department administers. And so that's everything from firearm safety to gun handling to advanced hunter education. Um, that our advanced hunter education is basically our umbrella that we put all of our, anything past learning how to hunt. Um, so that's learn to shoot sight in your rifle, um, you know, learn to shoot a muzzleloader rifle, shotgun, archery. Um, it's our bow hunter education course. It's a bunch of different things. So we look at what the community needs um, to be safe. And then also for, for our own needs, because we have needs to put on courses and classes throughout the state. Exactly. And uh, so it's pretty cool. They uh, ranges could be anything from cleanups to um, putting in classrooms. Like I said, we have a need across the state for more classrooms in rural Nevada. And um, we have a pretty cool project going on in Tonopah right now, which is basically adjacent to their school. And it's an indoor archery facility. And it's huge. I mean, I wouldn't say it's huge. It's a pretty big building. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the kids can walk from school and they can shoot the National Archery in the Schools program. Um, there, there's also going to be an air rifle portion of that range as well and in Tonopah it gets pretty cold so it's going to let those kids and and the shooters be able to shoot there um, year-round which Mm -hmm. is going to be great okay and then you mentioned Washoe County uh, right before the break you were talking a little bit about that Washoe County project yeah the Washoe County Regional Archery Facility we're upgrading the practice range and they're also putting in the the nice big parking lot parking lots aren't necessarily glamorous projects Um, but out there it's definitely needed. There's some erosion and parking issues going on. Um, and it makes the place a little bit safer. And then like we talked before the break, we get able to pull in school buses. We could have just done a 20 spot or 30 spot parking lot. Um, but we decided to go one step further and allow for, um, a little bigger budget to make it to where we can have a bus pull through, which is going to be yeah, and as we sit here and talk, you could see how much a lot of this caters to students and getting kids involved. So right, um, we think about it all. We're thinking safety for anyone, but then how can we create a situation where kids could also use this facility? Right, the same with the uh, the Humboldt County Shooting Range, which is the ADA-accessible stuff I talked about in the first part of the um, podcast, which is, is really fun and kind of unique to, uh, to shooting ranges. You don't see it very often. Um, and then we also have uh, another ADA accessible project going on in uh, at the Perdiz Shooting Range, which is every year we help host the Nevada Outdoorsman in Wheelchair Hunt. And they stay 
um, sometimes they'll stay at the pretty shooting range camping and there's no, there's only one wheelchair accessible uh, shower in the town. And so everybody at the end of the day has to load up in the vans and they have to drive down to this one hotel to take showers. And so what we've done is um, they have also have a need for restrooms at the shooting range. And so we went and um, specced out a restroom slash ADA accessible shower um, that we could put there. And so we're putting those in this year, which is going to be pretty awesome for, for that range. Yeah, no, these are really great projects. I know you mentioned the parking lot's not that glamorous, but it is a necessity. And then hearing about these, it's something maybe not everyone would think about, but that's huge for those um, hunters. Yeah, or for just, you know, anybody that needs that, you know, that type of accommodation. It's exactly it's almost invaluable at that point. It really is. Yep. And, uh, you know, then we, we've put money into trap ranges in the last couple of years, which is, is pretty fun. We've bought, um, you know, we're buying new machines. We're upgrading machines that we purchased 20, 25 years ago. Um, so it's great that they've kind of ran that long without problems or, uh, and so, but they've come to the end of their useful life. And so we're going to put some funding in to replace those trap throwers and, uh, hopefully get another 25 years out of them. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad we do this podcast because it gives people an idea of something they may have not known had even existed. So keep an eye out at shooting ranges if you see improvements you want. And um, our grant is posted online. Aaron, um, again, tell us how long they have to apply. Yeah. So they got a couple months that, to apply depending on when they're, when they're listening to the podcast, but they can download the PDF off our website, endow.org. Um, they can give me a call at 775-688-1555 or shoot me an email at akeller at endow.org to ask some questions, submit your application. Um, yeah, let me know what's going on out there. Yep. And just head to endow.org and search shooting range grant application. I posted it and tested it. So I know that's what will come up if people search that. Yep. Um, well, thank you everyone for listening and Aaron, thanks for sitting in the guest seat today. <laughs> yep. Thank you, everyone. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild. again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife. <laughs>